Hello, my ladies, my gays, my theys, and the men who get it. This is Reagan, and we are back with the F the Nice Guy podcast. We are finally getting to part two of Mel's episode, and we are jumping right back in, so make sure to check out part one if you haven't already. And a huge shout-out to three of our patrons who have joined the F the Nice Guy Patreon Courtney, Holly, and Tom, you are amazing. Thank you so much for your support. It's support from you and all our other patrons that makes this podcast possible. But without further ado, let's jump on in to part two of this episode, starting with a topic that Mel and I talk about often. The quote-unquote reformed man who loves to talk about the woman who saves him, but fails to take accountability for the woman he left in his wake. A one. He's a nice guy, what a nice guy, till he's screaming in your face. And he's a nice guy, such a nice guy, but he'll put you in your place. And he's a nice guy, what a nice guy, till he gets caught. He's a nice guy, such a nice guy, until he's not F the nice guy. There's just this weird, like, the one that really gets me is Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, I did a video on that guy. I fucking can't stand that guy. I can't even tell you how much I can't stand As someone who thought he was cute back in the day. But this idea of, like, these men can ruin and abuse and harm and unload their trauma on women who then carry mm-hmm. that unless they do, you know, unless they get to therapy or something where they can unpack it. Like, there are wounds that they leave with these women. And then they're just like, oh, I'm better now, and this woman saved me. And it's like, what? It's like, okay, so what about all the women you harmed? And there's no accountability for those women. They don't even like talk about them. Like uh, Shia LaBeouf will talk about Mia Goth and how she saved him and she just was present, the gift of her presence. I'm like, so all the the uh, FKA twigs, was she not present for you when you were physically uh, is it alleged or has it been proven? I'll say alleged. Uh, no, and that's why he's he he just became a deacon. For the, yeah, I don't know if you saw that. Did you see that? <laughs> I saw your video. I was like, yeah, yeah help like me, he, Jesus. he's a deacon for the like the Catholic Church. Perfect. You're like literally the picture of him and a bunch of priests being like, "I'm a deacon now." Oh, that's not staged. <laughs> I'm sure that that case of hers is going. It's into 2024. So oh, he's. Okay. He, it's all about rebranding. Yes. That's why I did that, yes. That video about John Ham. All these dudes, you know, they just oh, help me brand and they, and they get sober and it's like, oh my God, shut up. Not you like, just shut up. Y'all like they, they blame everything on their addiction. And it's, I'm so, it's, it's like, I see straight through all of it. And then right. all these women, they literally have like a line of bodies. And yes. Not only do they take the women out of the equation when they tell their stories, like the the media, like it's like yeah okay, and like everyone, and like the the court of public opinion, like so many people are just like they'll look at it and be like, oh, he was troubled then, he made bad choices. Like, um, I'm pretty sure he was abusive. I'm pretty sure he ruined lives of women. I'm pretty sure women didn't feel safe and were harmed by this person. I'm pretty sure there's lasting damage that amounts to much more than just a little comment about oh he was bad back then mm-hmm. what about those women like I, it's shocking to me the way we disregard the the bodies as you said in their wake yeah i mean it's just like everything is like beauty and the beast over and over and over and over <laughs> i was like i, so I like 
Like, I mean, I like so that was like one of my first articles when I saw Beauty and the Beast. I was like, wait a second. All the men in this movie are trash. Her dad's trash. She's yes. like, oh, she was like a parentified woman. Yes, yes, right. 100%. She was like literally like dad because every every Disney movie has like a dead parent, right? Mom's oh, dead. Kill the moms. Taking care of her dad. Yes. And then he goes and does some mischievous thing and gets in trouble, and he's like, ooh. And then he's like, yeah, okay, take my daughter. She's take young, my child. She's an old man, take her. And then she's in this fucking prison with like this crazy beast narcissist abuser dude, an entire staff who's terrified of him, right? Yes. yes. And, and like, he throws a table at her. Okay, this man's so violent. Literally. It's a love story. It's a beast. It's literally, it's like oh horrible. Why he's even a beast is because he was a selfish prick to begin with. And he got right. that spell. I feel so bad right? for him. And so like the real ending to Beauty and the Beast is they find her fucking dead body in a refrigerator. <laughs> We've been taught to date down. 100%. And and, and, and to reform men and, yep. and change them. And then and then men are like, oh, women always think you can change men. It's like, well, I wonder why. A Hollywood, every story. <laughs> well, and it's also like reinforces the idea that bad men men who treat you like shit they're really sweet and sensitive on the inside they're good men on the inside it's like that is not the case even when it's like the bad boy fantasy i'm like guess what the guy who's murdering people is not then being like but you babe i'll take great care of you no one gets to harm you i'm very very violent except not with you it's like if you mm -hmm. date that guy he's violent with you as well like yeah, it's just, your days are numbered it's just a matter of time yes like, uh, yeah, I mean, that's why they're always like, oh, a good way to tell about a man's character is how he treats the wait staff. And it's like, yep. You know, as, as someone true. who's a waitress, I was always like, this dude's going to fucking murder her. You know what I mean? I mean, I was just being like, good luck with that. Get guy. out. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> I mean, how do they treat people that they gain nothing but from? Like, how do they treat them when there's nothing to be gained by being nice to them? Like, yeah. anybody that's they would see as beneath them, it's like how they treat people when nobody's looking you know it's mm. like it'll start in the smallest of ways but it is a pretty good sign like this guy is probably trash if he talks down to a waitress guy remember i was out with a guy one time he got his food he's like i don't ever do this and he's like you know that annoying oh you can't see me but i'm doing the little hand thing like miss miss he's mm. like this this is terrible this needs to go back and just the whole night talking down to her and I was like, do you think this makes you look good? Do you mm. think I'm impressed by this? Because I want to run for the hills. I want the check. <laughs> like, I need to go. But Ugh. to a lot of women, that would be impressive. Do you Why? know what I mean? Ugh. Because it's like, yeah, but I mean, and also like, and this is why, like, I, again, I, I always try to make sure I'm not talking down about women who do this because I literally was groomed to sure. on the, I was on sure. the like Mary narcissist pipeline from the day I was born, right? Yes. They love to frame it as daddy issues, but men have more daddy issues than we do, honestly. Like if you literally like don't have another example of what it means to be a man and how women are supposed to be treated, like that is literally like it, you know, there's you don't even question a man who's a dick to the waitress because you're like, okay, well like that's just how men are like, he's gonna, or maybe he's uh, like, it, it, and that's why I think it's so important. And that, back to what I was saying before, like, you know, it, I really started to 
raise my bar for what I expected from men when I saw some of my friends dating men who treated them very well, right? And right. marrying who were awesome. I was like, oh, okay. Because I didn't have a fucking role model. Yeah. You know, and when I see dads, um, friends of mine, my friends who are dads and also, you know, some of the people that we're mutuals with on, mm -hmm. on TikTok and stuff. And I'm like, oh yeah, like they literally share how they had hard conversations, how they dealt with this. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing, especially like, you know, it's, it's like, it's really easy for me to decenter men when I was single. Sure. De the journey does not stop. Like once I'm in a marriage, like I still, I'm so conditioned to do this shit that it pops up. And I'm like, wow, it's like whack-a-mole. Yeah. I'm like, there it is. There it is. You know, <laughs> yeah. and my husband people want me to center him. Yeah. Right. But we were both raised under patriarchy. So we both catch it coming out in our relationship all the time. Mm -hmm. And so I love also... I learn a lot from couples who have been doing it longer than me of like, oh, okay, this is how we deal with this when it pops up, right? Because right? my codependency, it's in my fucking bones at this point, man. It's, yeah. You can't, I, a whole, I would need an exorcism to literally get this shit out of me. So I have to learn through example yeah. and also being like, wait, and it helps that my, because my husband knows my story so well and, and he knows me so well, he literally is that 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 little like cheerleader who every once in a while will be like when he can catch that I'm doing it whether it's with him or someone else he'll be mm -hmm. like center yourself babe center yourself what do you what's what do you need what right. do you want forget me forget or forget you know your mom or forget whatever yep because it's my default is to them yes right and that's 100%. how we're raised right mm -hmm. it, it's going to come up and so I also like talking about that and it's so funny. People are like, how can you be married and talk about decentering men? And I'm like, yeah, okay. Uh, decentering men doesn't mean you literally like kill them all. <laughs> Never see them again. <laughs> it doesn't mean you don't have any in your life. Right. It means you stop making every decision and about every decision, every thought, everything you do. Because when I actually trace back things, if I pause and be like, wait a second, where's this coming from? It's not even necessarily decentering men. It's decentering what being a woman is supposed to be. Yes. Because this is like much deeper than just men. 100%. You know, I caught myself like I almost flew back to the U.S. In, in the fall because I wanted to be a good daughter and go see my family. And a bad daughter moves to the other side of the world and doesn't fly home. Right. And I, I literally convinced myself I need to go take this very expensive trip I couldn't really afford. Mm -hmm. And this is why like having a friend who holds a microphone to your intuition is always good. Like my husband does it, but also my friend, my best friend, you know, I learned how to have relationships with people because of my friendships, which is another yep. way to decenter men is stop focusing on romantic love and really learn how to have healthy friendships. And I called her up because I was really torn. I was like, I'm supposed to go on this big trip and I haven't bought the And she was like, well, you know, I've always been team don't go. And I was like, oh, oh thank you. I could finally breathe because yes. somebody validated what I knew was that I shouldn't go. And then I started kind of untangling that story. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh, I thought that my friends would think I was a bad friend because I'm not spending $5,000 to go see them. It's not about what I should be doing, what I need right now. I'll go see them. I don't have to go right now. Right. Every decision I make, I really have to kind of untangle because I'm so conditioned to think about them. The most revolutionary thing women can do is to start really being in touch with our tuition, center our safety, center our mental health, center all those things. But that doesn't mean that you can't be in a marriage. You can't be in relation to people. You can't do all these things, but it's just like a lot of 
it's an internal journey, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's interesting because I, there was so much that I thought was just when I would be dating men, like, I was like, this is just what dating is. This is how mm -hmm. the dynamics are. This is normal. And then I started dating my wife and I was like, oh shit. I was like, wait, so she doesn't do any of those things to me. She doesn't treat me mm -hmm. that way. I I finally was not on edge all the time. When I would date men, I was constantly like overwhelmed mm -hmm. and so fixated on their needs. And that for me was so eye-opening because for the first time I was like, okay, so that wasn't just dating. That's something else. There's, mm -hmm. there's something else at play here. And through like unpacking that with her, there's so many times that like she is that voice for me. Well, she's my best friend and my wife. She's got both things going on. I'm sure mm -hmm. your husband is also your best friend, but yeah. Um, where she's like, wait, what? Why are you doing that for that guy? Like, why did you do that? And I realized how much of my identity and what I thought was like moral mm -hmm. and being a good person was based in sacrificing myself to take care of a man or, mm -hmm. or anyone, but specifically men. Like my identity had become people pleasing. Like I, if I'm a good person, then mm -hmm. I need to do right by this person. Like I had a, there was a guy that, uh, a friend of mine, not that long ago, who's openly manipulating me, like mm -hmm. just trying to stir something up. I just did a video on it, but he was talking about all this kind of stuff that was going wrong for him because he wanted my attention. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh, she's like, who are you messaging? And I was like, oh, he's going through some stuff. I really got to help him out. She was like, what do you say? She's like, Sounds like he's kind of like baiting you a little bit there, you know? Um, yeah. And it's just like learning that it is not my job to make sure men are okay and I don't have to sacrifice myself for their well-being. Mm -hmm. And that was so revolutionary to me, just realizing, and again, that's centering them, right? So decentering mm -hmm. them to get to the healthier side. But it's like my my worth and whether I'm good or bad is not related to my ability to take care of men. Yeah, and then a lot of that comes down to like the whole good girl thing mm. right and especially i mean i was raised in the south right so we are obsessed with white women being pure being uh you know chaste fragile good Ugh. girls nice but what i realized and especially because i was a history major in montana so i actually learned real history instead of where i learned in the south yes and i was like holy shit me like letting go of this needing to be pure, which is purity culture and like policing my sexuality. Uh, this need to be nice uh, because usually most of the nice women I know, the nice white women are fucking parents because they take out all of their resentment on anything they have power over. I started to see like, I need to let go of this idea of being a good girl and a nice girl because uh, usually those, they're, they're, they're passive aggressive and somebody pays the price you know, that if they're a teacher at school, all the kids in school, they're fucking bullies. If they're a nurse, right? And then especially when you add the intersectionality piece, like that's how oh. white women end up being fucking awful people is because yes. we're so pissed that we're getting treated like shit yes. from our, the men that we are tied to. and But we will not stand up to them. So mm -hmm. we just, the cycle of abuse continues and anyone that we have power over. And so that's why I was like, God, this is all related. Like I need to stop needing people to like me. Uh, needing to be nice, being good. I don't think I was, there's ever going to be a, an end point, but like it, the most revolutionary thing I did was learning how to center my pleasure. And, you know, like, because again, like even like purity culture is rooted in, in uh, 
white supremacy. Right. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, shit, like they're like the whole system is attached to me being pure. Fuck that. You know, I became a bitch in the bedroom, you know, and it was like, damn, you know, it's like yeah. the most important thing I've ever done because yeah. I was like, you know, it's funny. I can be a raw, raw feminist, a climber ugh, and all this stuff out there. But in my own home, I'm still letting men treat me like shit. Yep. That's, I strongly believe because I didn't come out until I was in my early to mid twenties. I strongly believe that like purity culture and just the centering of men's pleasure is why I was in the closet for so long because I would be saying things like, I'm not enjoying this, you know, like it's, I, I don't like it. I'm doing things I don't li- want to. And women would be like, oh, that's normal. That's totally mm-hmm. normal. He pushes my back. Like I, I have no interest in. This. Oh yeah, I don't like when it's happening. Yeah, that happens. Yeah, we don't. We're not enjoying it either. And it's yeah, we're all getting coerced. Join the club, baby. <laughs> well, truly, truly. Like I mean, even even in like consensual things, like it was like women were so often doing things for the man's pleasure that is does not feel good. It's like porn. It's performative. Most of my sexual experiences until I was like 36, I had my first real orgasm at 36. It's also like at this point, I'm like, bro, you know that we're not enjoying this and you're still okay with it. So, hmm. Yeah. You know, like. That's what I'm saying. It's like they didn't. You know, yeah, like, they're just like, whatever. I don't care. You don't have to be down. From a child, I didn't know that this was my body. Right. It has always been for them. Right. Like not only did society teach me that, I literally learned that from the as as young as I can remember that this is not for me, right. it's for them. Yep. So to unlearn that has taken me decades of work, you know? But a lot of it, I didn't have anyone actively teaching me that. So that's why I'm like, you know, the more we can help women really connect the dots. Yes, maybe- yes. We all know that it's focused on them. We all know it's all about like them being pleased in the bedroom. Like, and that's not even like a bad thing mm-hmm. it, by society standards. Like you're lucky if you do get off in it when you have sex with men. And it's like, that's crazy. This is a two person activity and we are completely not caring about the one person. Like, Mm -hmm. and I mean, I was one of those who like believed that like, well, maybe the men don't know. It's like, no, they know. They just don't care. I mean, I had somebody be like, yeah, you're acting basically commenting on the way my body was responding in a negative way uh, and be like, yeah, I don't like that. You do that. You need to fix that. It's like, or you could realize that that means I'm probably not comfortable. You're you're mm-hmm. admitting you know there's a problem, but you're blaming me and requiring me to fix it. And I I think that's a story for a lot of women. Yeah, that's why I actually like I, I I don't know how like I I literally was kind of like what like you know what would badass Melanie do? I started like literally being okay, not what I would do. But what would like, <laughs> right. a woman who really you know what would she do to go from in my twenties when I. You know, I didn't date anybody until like when I was 36, but I did kind of have like little one night stand, you know, maybe a little situationship for like a month, but I moved around all the time. So I never could date if I wanted to. And, you know, those are mostly walks of shame because I would walk away, not necessarily ashamed, but just being like, you know, like, like, what was that for? Like, you know, and, and, and sometimes it was shame because I was hooking up for people pleasing kind of ways. And that does create shame because you're yeah. like, that wasn't for me. That was for him. And that feels gross. Yeah. And then in my thir- late thirties, I was like, walks of like, hell yeah, that was two, con- two adults consenting to have fun. Fuck mm-hmm. yeah. That was fun. I felt great. It was awesome. You know? And, I, and, and so that's also why like, 
It's funny because I get it. Like, it's so dangerous to hook up with men. You know, whenever I talk about that kind of stuff, I always have women being like, a lot of women have kind of gone to this purity culture thing of like, you know, hookup culture is always bad for women. I'm like, yeah, if you don't center your pleasure, it's always bad for yes. women. And it takes a lot of inner work and a lot of courage to make sure that your needs are met. So I'm like, literally just, I didn't even know I could be like, I could say that. So yeah. it's like, the more I heard how other women handled men in a way that was like respecting their, what they require mm -hmm. for them to enjoy it. I was like, oh my God, I didn't even know that was an option. I was so yeah. naive. You know, yeah. I mean, and men are very clear about what they want. Men, like yeah. I've never been in an experience that I didn't know exactly what the person liked and wanted. So it's like, why would women not be afforded the same privileges of just being honest and open? As we're just wrapping this up, what little pieces of advice would you give to women who are trying to unpack their internalized misogyny and trying to advocate for themselves? I mean, it kind of depends on where you are on that journey, you know, because yeah. I, some people are kind of in the beginning and other yeah. people are in the middle and, and, and whatever. But I mean, if you're kind of in the beginning of that journey, I would say don't date. There, there's no reason to. And women are going to, it's so easy for us to lose ourselves. And if you're, especially if you date men, if you're like, right. You said woman, you've been raised as a woman and you date men or attracted to men. I'm sorry. It's like a curse at this point, but like, <laughs> but um, I mean, it has all the privileges, right. But it's right. like, anyway, um, just don't date, you know, like, and that's kind of like, I feel like I know that women want kids and they want to get married and all this stuff, but this whole timeline that we've been taught, it's bullshit. Yeah. It's all bullshit. You know, like there's no reason to worry about not getting married in your fucking twenties. There's no reason to not worry about how you can't have kids. You have to have kids by 30. No, all these timelines are bullshit. And if you don't really take that time to learn about yourselves, like work on any of your fucking trauma responses and all that shit. Cause so much of this is tied to our nervous system mm -hmm. and trauma. In addition to the, the whole conditioning under patriarchy, like we are going to lose ourselves in any relationship that we have with a man. If we don't know ourselves and haven't dated ourselves and don't truly love ourselves, like that's just going to happen. And even if you have done that work, it's still, hard to do that in a relationship right so like just there's no reason to date when you're young and you have all this energy and you're wanting to figure out like what you want to do like it's like dating myself was literally the foundation for me being able to have healthy relationships and then still it was i had a lot of work to do on top of that yeah. so if you're in the beginning of the journey work on your friendships and your community. My relationship with Liz, my best friend, Liz is what set my foundation and my standard for men. When I met, you know, and when I met Anthony, I was like, oh, I feel like this feels like being with Liz, you know, yeah, like yeah. I want to date Liz. I'm not attracted to Liz, but she makes me feel safe, comfortable, seen, heard. She's like just an amazing person. She, she's honest with me, thoughtful, like, all, like, and I, I felt the same with him. And if I didn't have that to compare it to, right. I wouldn't know, you know, like Liz is like, like, it's so funny. Me and Liz, we even like, she's married and I'm married and actually our, our husbands are in a men's group together. So they're becoming like good friends. And, um, we both know, like, they both know that like Liz is, is the, is just as like, Liz is just as important to me as Anthony ever will be. You know I mean? I know that. Yes. And, and that's healthy. That's healthy to have your girlfriends and your, you know what I mean? It's, it's put everything in one person is not fucking healthy. That's another reason why I wrote that article. Yes.
So focus on, you know, you heal in relationships. I've done a lot of healing with my husband, but I did a lot of healing before I met him with my friendships and in community with people, you know, Mm -hmm. without that foundation, even if you don't have a shit ton of trauma and all this other shit, you're still kind of set up to lose yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Because men think that way, that they're the fucking sun and you're going to orbit around them. And the amount of resistance you're going to have to push back on. And if you, if you don't already have, like, aren't used to centering yourself, it's, you're not going to be able to do it. You will get lost. Platonic love and is, is powerful. Everybody wants a partner, but this idea that you're, I just, I, I, I honestly grieved in the idea of ever finding a partner. And when that took all that pressure off, I was still open to it. I didn't give up on dating, but I wasn't really focused on it. And I honestly think that and luck and a lot of other reasons is the only reason why I'm in a healthy one is because I wasn't like, I gotta get married. I just don't care. I was like, whatever. I probably won't. Then most men still, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I do think that like platonic love is so underrated. Like my relationships with so many of my friends are so important to me and so meaningful and like, are a huge factor in me being healthy and feeling whole in my life. And so mm-hmm. I I wish we focused more on, on platonic love and the importance of it. I mean, like literally we are told to like cast it aside. Like if, if your husband yeah. needs you throw the women away, you know, it's just, it, yeah, I think that's an important message to like focus on loving yourself, focus on other forms of love that don't go away, aren't at risk, aren't, you know, something that makes you feel unsafe or, or triggered, you know? Like if, if I didn't have those relationships, you know, I have like strong mentorship, I have strong friendships, I have people who hold me accountable. They are why I'm not with an awful man, because yeah. those are the people who are going to tell me the truth I don't want to hear. That's again, why you, you need community and friends to be able to have healthy relationships, because I run things by my team because otherwise I've almost fucking burned this marriage to the ground long. I mean, I'm a sabotager. I mean, you know, like what it even like, you know, before I was like chasing after terrible and sick men, even when I like finally found a man who's really healthy and he doesn't have trauma and all this shit. I like I can treat him like such fucking shit because all of the men who who did me dirty. Yeah, I take it out on him. So I have somebody who holds me accountable and helps me see the truth when I'm really in my feelings or my trauma responses. Mm hmm. You know, like, and get, and so if you're trying to date because you're lonely, you are literally setting yourself up to be in a terrible situation, maybe in an abusive one. So that's why I'm always confident because I know if something goes wrong, my friends are going to be like, you know, I, and I tell, and I, and I, I tell them what's going on because again, they are the microphone to my intuition, you know, and, and my husband has the same support group when he needs advice, he runs it by his his support group so that neither one of us come at each other, which is a bunch of bullshit that has nothing to do with that other person. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's a really good point of not just having a supportive community that you trust, that you know will tell you the truth, but also being communicative about what goes on in your relationship. Because I think so many women suffer in silence and aren't getting feedback because they're told they should. (laughs) Like, don't talk about your, don't talk about the problems in your relationship. That's Mm -hmm. a, that's a you and him issue. It's like, no, 
It's actually really important to talk about what you're going through and to get other perspectives from people that you trust. But you also, the, the key to that though, is you have to really want to hear that truth. That's true. The only time I ever lied to Liz was when I was in that the abusive relationship and I didn't know how to get out and I wasn't ready to get out because I was addicted to him. Mm -hmm. It's the only time in my life I've ever lied to that woman ever. And I almost died. Mm -hmm. So I know never fucking keep this shit to myself because she is the truth teller, you know, mm -hmm. and it's not about her. It's about whether or not I want to see the truth. So a lot of times women don't tell other women what's really happening because then the, then they'll be expected to actually challenge that person or yeah. do something. And if we're too afraid to do that, we're just going to like, you know, I know mm -hmm. like I've had friends in the past, like who is anytime you wouldn't hear from them for a while, you know, yes. they a hundred percent. You know what I mean? Like bing, 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 they, bing, just bing. Draw, they just go radio silence because they know that you're going to tell the truth. And so they're I like, Oh, just all of a sudden really hard to get a hold of. And you're like, oh, great. I literally, you know? I just was talking to my friend and she, she was talking about a, uh, one of her good friends that I'm just casually acquaintances with. And I was like, oh, what's going on with her? She's like, well, I haven't heard from her a bit. So I think she's back with her ex. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, Absolutely. Anytime that you, you know, like, and, yeah. and I get why, because you don't, because sure. they're going to mirror something you're not yes. ready to do. It, it's about really, it really, it's about being honest with yourself, you know, and, and it's okay. Some people like I had to almost die before I was willing to be like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll listen to these hard truths. I, unfortunately, I learned everything the hard way. It, it has driven my parents crazy since I was a child. They're like, can't you just learn anything the easy way? You literally almost die before you learn something. And I'm like, yeah, pain is the impetus for change for this bitch. I guess. I don't know. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's real. But yeah, I, I, I definitely have had to also learn where it's like, if I don't want to tell someone something, it's a red flag. Because exactly. that means- that's, that's the red flag is if yeah. I'm afraid to tell someone something, there's something going on and I should be worried. Yeah. That's, that means I have to tell them. Right. And that's that intuition, right? The, the not wanting to tell is your intuition saying like, something's wrong here. And then your brain goes- takes over and says, well, I just won't tell them then. That'll, that's, that'll solve mm -hmm. it. That'll be yep. fine. Yep. Oh, shit. Uh, Melanie, so if people want to hear more from you, how can they watch your content? Well, you can go to YouTube, Melanie Hamlet. I'm doing longer content over there now. TikTok is one of my biggest platforms, but you know how TikTok is. <laughs> I could just lose it any minute and then I just disappear into oblivion. So uh, great. YouTube is probably the best place to find me. I have a website, you know, MelanieHamlet.com. All my shit's over there. All my articles. I've written like 60 articles. What's the title of the uh, Men Don't Have Friends and It's it, Killing uh, Us? For Harper's Bazaar. It's just right. Google Melanie Hamlet Harper's Bazaar and it'll come up, but it's I've written several articles for them, but it's going to be probably the first one that comes up. Men have no friends and women bear the burden. That It's so good. Yeah, apparently I've, I'm in like it's multiple books. When I moved to France, I'm in three books here, three different books here citing that fucking article. I was like, oh, it made it over here. I didn't you know, know about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, Saturday Night Live did a skit called Dog Park that um, Vanity Fair said that was based on Melanie Hamlet's article. <laughs> God dang it, Melanie. 
That's amazing. Like it resonated with a lot of women were like, oh, that's why I got a divorce. He didn't have any yes. fucking and he exhausted me, you know, like. <laughs> I, it was a jaw dropper article. Make sure to check that out. I'll have all Melanie's links under this episode, but please check, all the articles are amazing. But that one in particular, I was like, oh, that's every, like my dad's age, everybody. Because <laughs> they just, yeah, they just don't have friends. And then the women are every role. Literally waiting for them to die. <laughs> fingers crossed well not now Melanie because now we have the golden bachelor so they don't get out of that they're back at it they have no friends that just keep getting married oh, Lord. <laughs> all right well Melanie thank you so much for joining us today always hilarious and insightful in equal measure thanks for having me it was fun <laughs> So fun. To all the listeners, uh, don't forget that we have a Patreon where we have extra episodes and extra content. So check that out. The links will be below this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, my friends, F the nice guy. Ugh.